All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 351. Jason Lingard is with me, and Miss Amanda Vollmer is back. Maybe that's going to be Mrs. Amanda Vollmer shortly. Maybe it already is. I forget things. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Oh, and a beautiful evening it is here in Louisiana. And welcome, Amanda. You're not Mrs. Amanda Vollmer yet, are you? No, I'm not. Uh, that's been postponed until we settle into our new property that we just uh, acquired. And uh, I have friends who will set up a lovely hand fasting ceremony for us. Probably, I'm thinking 2022. It's a good, nice number, you know, and it's good to put on, you know, as memorabilia. I, I like, I like run on numbers like that. So yeah, we're we're still. Uh, miss i guess uh as it stands but uh but taken <laughs> it, it is a bit of a construct even to put the labels on because we know what they relate to but let's let's do a catch-up um i think and you guys correct me if i'm wrong you were both here last time around space was tight things were hard you needed a change um mm-hmm. and it sounds like some of that change came your way yeah beautifully like i think you're my my fairy godfather um, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> uh, because it's been a real um, process of remembering manifestation. At least where I feel I'm at, I know everyone's at different levels of their spiritual growth and awakening. I've been on this path for feels like forever, and what's before myself and 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 my fiance and people who are awake. Um, a lot of it is around stepping it up to the next level, which is. Uh, getting more um, empowered into our really um, beautiful manifestations, keeping on our path, listening to the cues of what we're here to do and standing in integrity above all else. And I've certainly been tested in that realm or those realms. And I I feel good. I feel like I'm passing my tests. i am um, definitely had some moments where I've had the ego, you know, step onto the stage, but that's with my witness there watching myself do it. So I feel, I feel I'm achieving what I meant to, and I have some new staff, which is really exciting. I'm in training mode right now for that. Bigger place. Well, the new, so what it was interesting because I wasn't sure, am I going to totally relocate everything? Because, you know, I live and work in the same space and that's been part of the issue. Um, and it worked when it was just my little girl and I, and now it's gotten so out of control (laughs) that I've had to hire more staff, but the limitation was the space in order to get more staff here. So what's happened is, is I'm moving the physical residential aspect out of this building. So I'm keeping this building and acquired a new building so I can live with my daughter and she can have really beautiful collaborations with homeschooling groups and teachers that are you know, done with the system and they're like, Hey, I need 10 kids. You, you know, <laughs> I want to teach them how to, how to wildcraft and how to make bread and how to shoot a gun and how to, you know, do all these life skills now. And, and these cells, if you will, are popping up everywhere and it's really exciting. And there's um, where we've acquired a place is, is there's a lot of land for one, and there's a really strong um, awake community that we've been just collaborating and sharing new ideas. And, and actually we're, quite excited about what's coming because I think this whole scam thing has been um, helpful in the sense that a lot of us already knew that everything was quite corrupt and we already wanted another way to live. 
uh, or we're trying to do homesteading or live off grid or get out, you know, from under the thumb of government. And this is just pushing us to do it faster and really getting serious about it um, and stepping up into our adulthood and, um, and dumping the lower ego and, and figuring it out. And, and I'm thrilled um, to see what's, what's culminating here in Canada. And I, and I think across the world, I don't think it's just here. No, it's, it's pretty clear things are going to fast track, but it did occur to me, you know, there's the idea that we're going to see a winnowing of humanity, or I guess I could say that more concisely, a reduction is what I'm getting at. Now, if that comes to be what's left are people who didn't do what they knew they shouldn't do. And those are going to be people that you'd want to move forward with. If it doesn't come to pass, I think just about everybody and their brother has been forced to, to stare straight into the eyes of just absolute tyranny. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I feel like this is a split of realities. And, and I remember my spiritual teacher always telling me there's many worlds within the world. And if you do the shadow work, then your reflections will be that, right? Your reflections will either be a clear mirror or the clear truth. If you don't do your shadow work and keep ignoring the subconscious cues, then it's like Plato's cave. Those shadows become real to you. Um, and I feel like this healing crisis we're seeing is, is just that, that those individuals are facing their karmic repercussions, uh, sort of like a judgment day, which I've mentioned a few times before, and that they'll, they'll create hell for themselves because they've ignored the subtle signs to do the inner work. And now they're being forced to do it or die, really. Um, there's no other alternative. And for those of us who do that work on a consistent basis, we're seeing a whole different reality um, and all are sort of coexisting in the same um, realm, essentially. And it's just when things cross over where it can get a little bit shady and, and interesting. Um, and that's why I think it, it's truly meant to be a segregation sort of um, situation. And that's our protection is, is making sure that our free will is not overridden by uh, false contracts and to keep again, plowing forward and listening to the inner direction that's coming from the divine um, and doing the work. It's, it's, I don't think it's easy. And, and I get that a lot. People say, oh, it's so hard, Amanda. This is so hard. Um, people reach out to me all the time. My employer wants to force this or do that. It's so hard. I'm like, well, yeah, of course it's hard. It, it's a moot point. It's going to be hard. It's going to challenge you. That's what this time is about. It's how you handle it. And that you accept that it is work and you will have the ability to achieve it if you put your mind to it and, and, and stand in your own strength um, and pass your tests. And no one's going to come and save you out of that. You, you've got to have the courage, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, and the rewards when you pass through the other side are immense. You know, you could look at it this way. Uh, and by the way, I would add, I think it is a huge help to make your decisions up front like right now where's your line in the sand where's that line that you will not cross because what tends to happen is people act like they're not going to cross the line then something gets threatened and that line becomes very crossable and that's unfortunate if this is truly a spiritual test you must understand that if you're threatened with losing your livelihood or other things and yet there is that spiritual line you will not cross Um, what's the old cheesy saying when someone slams a door a window open Mm-hmm. Um, there's truth to these things, but I wanted to ask you your point of view on what I call the winnowing. And the reason I call it that is because I can get away with it because AI just isn't that bright. 
Do you feel there's going to be a winnowing? I do. I. It's it's hard to to of course predict the future because the future is dependent on how many people figure this out. <laughs> but I do sense that there will be uh, such winnowing, and we have to prepare for that. And that's going to be the harder stuff for us to um, witness to some degree, but also to stay out of the wake from that. And all the systems, right? Because if that comes yep. to pass, the systems fail. That's right. Yep. Um, so that's why we have to be um, diligent and vigilant about our preparedness. And like I said, if you're listening to your intuition, you'll be guided and you'll, you'll know when it's time to start. Like I've been storing food forever, but I mean, some people are just new to this and they're getting cues. Like maybe it's time to start a garden or maybe it's time to grow my food or maybe it's time to learn how to preserve um, the food. And so forth, and that's it's. If we're being restricted going into certain buildings and things, I'm really not that worried about it because I know there are people um, on Facebook. There's a group of Ontario businesses that are against the the pass, and they're putting their foot down, saying, "Well, I'm one that you can come shop to anytime. I will not be complying." There's so many like that, and and that gives me not just hope, but it feels right. It feels exciting to me that so many are realizing it. And even if they think there's a disease, irrelevant, irrelevant. They know that this is a fight for freedom and they're not willing, that's their line in the sand. They're not willing to give up one more inch of their freedom. They've lost so much already. And there's warriors being created here through all of this and and real true blue, I would say heroes that are heart-centered and they care and they're going to do whatever it takes. And if they if it comes to them expiring for it, they would even do that. They they put their life on the line for it. Um, it's true bravery and courage I'm seeing in a lot of places. Um, and as much as it can look not like that um, in in maybe some pockets in the city and things, I I see I see these people and it it is happening. And the winnowing will be part of it because, like I said, if you are not going to face your shadow work, uh, they're going to manifest as real to you. And it's, it's going to bounce, it's going to cut you. So the battle, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, right? It's like you go to battle and it's like a do or die thing. Um, this is how I see it playing out. And there will be a lot of um, upset in, in those people's lives. And, and it's, it's hard for those of us who are loving and who see to witness a lot of it. So we have to find ways to ground ourselves and to you know, I've done so much mourning. I mean, I feel like I've been mourning the whole time, but now it's, I'm shifting to the, the creatorship, the, the, the manifestation, the, the corrections, um, the, our resetting, you know, resetting ourselves correctly, vibrationally. And all of the, the ripple effects, like, a, you know, throwing a stone in a pond that creates ripple effects. We have that ability um, as much as, as those in, in their illusions are also creating some ripples. We just have to be more powerful and, and override that and try not to create a tsunami while we're doing it, or, or maybe we need a tsunami. <laughs> maybe that's part of the part of the awakening. Um, but I'm I'm very hopeful, actually, and positive inside of myself more than I even was before, despite what it looks like in the Maya. So we should catch folks up. Amanda, of course, is in Canada, and they're doing a fast track rollout. To basically deny you services, you have this passport, or you can't get at services, and that you know it's 
very similar to what's going on with people's employment right now. Um, but there's chinks in the armor uh, in Alberta. Uh, most people are aware there was big court to do and an average living man took them to task and ended up, I think, making them admit that there had been no isolated thing you could call COVIDius minimus. Um, and they backed off all their mandates and everything, which is an interesting kind of development because how do you then turn around and demand passports? And Alberta is a big place, but I'm really happy that you brought up the Bhagavad Gita because I wouldn't have thought of it. It's our, isn't it Arjuna? I think it's Arjuna mm-hmm. um, who's going to war and, it, and it's a complete catch 22. Um, he's going to die if he doesn't and he doesn't want to fight anybody. He loves some of the people he has to fight. It's a good analogy for what's about. As a matter of fact, you got me wanting to go back and read it. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Arjuna, yep. it's been yep. a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of that, which is your, uh, your FOIs, your freedom of information, um, Christine Massey has done a huge amount of work on that and really spearheaded sort of like an FOI movement. Um, so all of the provinces and a lot of countries are requesting these um, Freedom of Information Act to prove, to, to show like where's your isolation of this so-called thing, which we won't say. Um, and there's nothing been proven. So all of the requests coming back saying we have not, uh, we don't have that information. We don't have that science. She's amassed it on her website, uh, which is fluoridefreepeel.ca, peel spelled P-E-E-L, because that's actually a location here. And she's close by to me. She's in Peterborough. And we are going to have a, an interview session uh, once I move. And also we're going to um, do some more collabs and really share this information because it's it's right there. I mean, if you want to go into a court of law, if there's still um, a forum to do so in the future, it overturns the whole thing. Um, Australia's doing it I, and they're having a real heck of a time uh, right now. But you have to actually prove that it exists if you're going to claim it causes a disease. And then you have to also prove that it causes a disease and you need to um, uh, give that evidence and it just doesn't, it doesn't exist when you ask for it, it's not there. So all of the Canadian institutions have provided their responses and you can see them all on her, on her website. Wow. So freedom of information act is the new tack people are taking. It sounds like I wanted to add something onto that. Australia is going to have a tough time because they've buggered everything Mm -hmm. in certain places. I've heard from some in Australia who claim their area is not not that bad and that there's a big difference. Um, no, oh, I know what I wanted to mention. So, you know, you see these FOIs happening. Um, I don't know if you listened to the Athen Comente episode we just did where the, the South node is going to move the window for this kind of activity seems to be coming to a, a halt. And although we know the powers that be love to stretch things longer than they should be, my point would be is with these FOIs and everything else, the truth needs no protection. And wouldn't it be ironic if in a you know, five, 10 years from now, germ theory was no longer acceptable because if this kind of thing starts to crumble, I mean, what goes behind it? The rest of the cake probably melts. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, shovels digging at the root of this monster, this germ theory monster, and it's coming from, from so many angles. It's, it's a true scientific revolution. And I felt that coming years ago when I read Thomas Kuhn, uh, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, um, I was still in university, or I think I just finished university at that time. And it struck me because I was working at University of Alberta in the vivisection scientific animal model. And I saw how easy it was to fudge science to you know, prove your claim. 
and it what? was upsetting to me. And um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> they blinded me with science. <laughs> blinded me. I'm with sorry. Science. Who's funding this? I got to make sure I agree with them. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I was disgusted with science at that point. Um, I went into, you know, I I go all in. I'm 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 an extremist. Um, <laughs> I guess according to all kinds of descriptions. So meaning I'm also a completist. So I was going to be a veterinarian originally, and I needed to know if I could handle the death of animals. If I was strong enough, because if you're going to be a vet, you're going to be putting down animals. You're going to be dealing with a lot of tragedies and things um, or people who just don't care anymore about their animals. And I didn't know if I could handle that. Um, so obviously I worked at lots of different veterinarians, uh, you know, clinics, but then I went into uh, animal vivisection as an animal lab technician. And I realized how horrifying <laughs> this, the system was and what just abject death was as at the, at the trail, you know, of, of science. And that um, it, it was like, they were doing black magic more than anything else. They were giving sacrifice um, to their um, ideologies. And, and then it was about industry, of course, and um, passing the, enough studies that your drug got, you know, put through, and you could have 10, 12 more um, negative studies that showed um, that either the drug wasn't effective or that it was just dangerous. And as long as you could manipulate the statistics enough to get a, a two studies that were positive or show safety, you've got it. That's all you needed to submit. You never needed to give all of your research. And right there, I, was, I knew I smelled a rat, <laughs> not to not to be punny here, but uh, so I had to put down a lot of rats. I actually had, I, it, it's terrible what that industry does to the clinician, to the technician as well. Um, uh, it's mentally and emotionally exhausting and, and traumatic. Um, and we need to to really stop all of this experimentation. But it woke me up to so many things. That's why I started asking deeper questions about what is, what are they calling this monster of science exactly? Because this doesn't seem to be um, true, pure, um, heartfelt, honest science when you can manipulate it to such an aim. And then I, of course, went into to human medicine um, later on. But uh, yeah, it, I woke up a lot of people in that system as well. And I was doing a lot of energy work and hands-on healing at the time. And I, I helped some people leave the industry and find themselves and, and stop the madness really in there and they were losing their souls from from just having to put all these animals down all the time at the end of studies they have to to do that even if um it didn't wasn't a successful study or whatever they would just then recycle it and do it again with a little bit of a change and you'd get all these animals involved and it was just it was, it was terrible so we have so much work to do to really rebuild our our world correctly and i i feel like we are going to have the chance to do that once this Babylon crumbles at the base and things like these strategies, like I, I've been supporting. In fact, I started a telegram group, a few different telegram groups. One's called Healthy Dose of Truth. And then um, some members I asked inside the group, I said, look, I'm overwhelmed with tasks, but I have legal lawful templates uh, for employers, for stores, for the government, for health units, so forth, that we need to serve. We need to serve affidavits and we need to serve notices um, to them and uh, protect ourselves with the paperwork and stand up for our rights and, and claim these things. Can we start another offshoot group? And of 
quite a few people, you know, stepped to the task. So we have an offshoot group called uh, HDOT. So that's Healthy Dose of Truth, but the acronym underscore templates on on uh, Telegram, and you can find every powerful piece of legal paperwork you need to stand up for yourself. Um, in in it's not just Canada; we have it um, for the states, for Australia. We have different templates for different countries. So we need, we need to get those links into comments. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll ping you when uh, three fifty one goes up, and hopefully you can come in and post everything we're, we're laying down here. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you know what you just described is is the root proof um, that anyone can see that we've gone so far away from nature that we've basically become corrupted to be doing that to animals and even need to do a test like that. Think of this: if there was a certain fruit. People or would you just say, hey, man, eat this fruit. Did you get better Um, to make it to simplify it? But you can see what I'm talking about. They're administering a thing that doesn't occur in nature and then they're causing death. And I'll tell you all flat out, if you don't think someone is claiming the sacrifice value on any slaughterhouse or place that puts things down, you're sadly mistaken. Um, Someone is collecting that. And I can't imagine the human beings going through like in San Diego, they were putting down animals and you can imagine in a city, the size of San Diego four Rhode Island's sit in San Diego fit in San Diego County, the number of animals being put down and it just wipes people out. But this brings us back to the actual root problem, which is corporation. There's a far cry from being a sole proprietor of a business or being a corporation What a corporation seeks to do and has successfully done is create a fictitious entity that then gets the right of a living man or a living woman and is basically immune to prosecution unless certain, you know, hoops are jumped through. And this is another cause for the corpseration or the speaking dead um, to to be pushing us in these directions. It's time that, that we opt out and become children of God not willing to do such things that are so, I mean, there's not even words for how corrupt that is. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And also we, we fell, we, we lost our, our connection to the divine and the gifts that come with that, which is all of our senses, um, our inner senses and outer senses um, tuned. So we can see, we don't need a scientific study to see if a plant helps us or not. I always wondered how did they find out all of these plant remedies and what they did and how they used them and all the nuances and so forth? And, you know, in, in the way they tell you is just trial and error and people, lots of people died and all this kind of stuff. I don't think so. I believe that they were able to see the plant medicine or communicate with the plant and find out what it was for just by listening to it, by tuning into it. Um, there's uh, someone I met a long time ago, see if I can remember his name. Um, and he, he has a book called plant spirit medicine. And I remember reading that book and getting very excited about it, um, because it answered some of my questions about how did we know all these nuances about plants or even just information in general, how did we learn this stuff? And it's all through understanding that we have, we have frequency and we have intuition. If you want to call it that, I think it's even more than that. I think we have, um, skill sets of clairaudience and clairvoyance and, and um, abilities beyond uh, where we have, have even probably been in the past. And they're just untapped and, and I would say muted on purpose. Um, hence the dumbing down we've seen with all of the, the, the drugs in the water and the drugs in the food and the, um, the lack of nutrition in the food and 
soils and the way that they've sprayed us down and the behaviors they they had to to suppress us slowly over generations and that goes with the shots too right because that will damage your in, intrinsic genetic memory um, and dull you uh, you can't access your higher centers of the the white matter and and the brain which is even in the Bible um, directing people how to use the oil or the Christos to ascend and um, have enlightenment, which is the, the crown or the, or the crown chakra um, to tune into that. So you have knowing um, and it takes responsibility to have knowing as well. And I think the corpse, or the, that process has uh, given karmic repercussion. And here we are today swimming in the muck and uh, trying to sort ourselves out and survive. Um, to remember, to try to to reintegrate what we've lost, and I, I think we will. It's the time now because, as you said, this the sky clock <laughs> is moving, and the old, the, the the evil cannot carry forward. They need new contracts in order to come through into the new time span, and they need us for it. They need to harvest us. They need to use us, and I just think they're not going to get it this time. I think they're going to make a mess, but they're not coming with us. No. And, you know, the big difference between now and 20 years ago um, is they've been caught at just about everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I would mention, you know, with plant medicine and things, there's a whole history, a world record all over the world um, that was suppressed. There's a reset of some kind with the maps. If you look at a map now, it'll show you an equator, tropic of Cancer and Capricorn. That's 4,000-year-old information. Where is the tropic of Gemini? And for that matter, where we're probably into the tropic of Taurus. I was working it out the other night. Has anyone ever seen a map with the tropic of Gemini or the tropic of Taurus? Sagittarius would be, I think we're in the low point of Sagittarius. This is proof um, that at some point, everything was zeroed and every map just replicated old crap. And so we know that, you know, maybe we did lose the, the library of Alexander, things like that, but you were pretty certain um, that there are records and that there are people who are utilizing the good information. But I think the big, the big difference is there's very few people who are going to doubt what most of us who were tuned in were saying near the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember his name, Elliot Cowan. Or Cohen is the author of the Plant Spirit Medicine book. It's actually very digestible, and it, it goes into ancient shamanic practices, compelling this magician slash healer to contact the spirit of the plant and ask for its help um, to administer the herbal cure. And um, the the Indians in in Mexico, those shamans, um, this this healer Don Arios. Um, uh, Elliot Cowan, he he has uh, connect, he connected with him and sort of brought that information through. So it's it's a really worthy read to remember that gnome. Yeah, this is from the old world thinking. Or just to catch people up, they're basically saying they can prove the history of the world in steps. The first life is crystals or mineral. It's the most stationary form of life, and then plants came. And plants have to have minerals in them so you can see the crossover. And then animals came and animals have to have plants and minerals in them. And you can see it goes up the line to us. Um, But that's another part of what you're saying. We still have throwbacks to these ideas with ayahuasca applications. 
um, in a true spiritual form where there's communication with the plant with the San Pedro cactus. I don't think that's peyote. I've forgotten. Uh, a similar thing goes on where, where the person who's about to apply it communicates uh, in order to apply it up front. So I, I think these are this is information that we haven't lost all the way. So I'm with you all day. I think we can get back, but let's let's talk about colds and flus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I've seen a cold or flu for I don't know a year and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a cold or flu since before 2020. I think um, it, is there actually a proper way to treat a so-called cold or a flu? And by the way, what the hell's the difference between a cold and a flu? Well, your symptoms are, are are different. They're categorized different. Really, the way that the 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 medical cartel works is by category and naming, right? So they're they're just using a list of symptoms, and if it falls in that symptom grouping, then you call it, you know, a flu. If it falls in this, you know, grouping of symptoms, and you call it a cold. Um, so flu, you tend to have fever. You tend to have, you know, aches and chills. Um, you can have respiratory issues. They're considered attributed to viruses, which we know that's their story. Um, and colds are usually attributed to more a bacterial form, although you can get things with both. Um, and really it's, it's, you get it, you get some mucus and congestion and maybe even a head cold. uh, So it stays in your head and sometimes you have fever, but not necessarily, um, but I think all of these names just get us lost. And, you know, <laughs> think about flu, Amanda, that there's, you know, it, it, words have meaning. Flu is an aerial connotation, is it not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a flu to your fireplace where the smoke goes up through the air. You got a bird who has flown or flu. Mm-hmm. That's not the right word, but you can see the aerial idea embedded in it. Yes. And I mean, the way that I describe colds and flus, and I I do lump them together because ultimately they're just a mechanism of the body to make a correction inside itself to remove wastes and to um, reset the system. And there's different types of resets in your body that have to happen. For example, in childhood, um, the body is rapidly growing there's need for and high demand for nutrients and at certain jags. So it's not always smooth sailing. You'll have a growth spurt. I mean, I I remember my daughter, she would, she would literally wake up the next morning and be, you know, half an inch taller and her, her whole demeanor was different. Um, And that's just one night of sleep. Could you imagine what's going on in the body at that point and the amounts of, of cell turnover happening? And then of course, just like, anything that's being rapidly created, you're going to have uh, wastes and and things that have to be removed from the body. And that's your endogenous wastes um, from just breathing, living, growing, all of those things. So we'll have uh, some illnesses that some colds or flus or whatever, every, every child will have a couple because that's part of the cleansing process. And if you, if the mother is eating well, has her stress management um, uh, under control and is supported, then the child through the breast milk will never have symptoms uh, outwardly. Uh, it'll just all be done through the liver system, maybe through the skin, because the body will use the skin to remove toxins that it deems safer to, to do so through that mechanism, because it is your biggest organ of your body. 
And it's, it's uh, easier sometimes to just push it out um, that way rather than transport it into the liver system. So you'll see things like chicken pox and measles and even smallpox, whatever, all of those, all those pox are, are just proteinaceous wastes that are quite acidic um, being pushed out of the skin and creating uh, a, a burn blister, just like you would um, if you burnt yourself on the stove and the water blister comes to soothe and calm down the, um, the acidic um, burn and to try to heal it. And it, these are all healing mechanisms. And of course, the, the corpse, the handlers have, have demonized everything. And also they have 180 flipped everything. So they tell you that those symptoms that are happening to your body, those pox or that fever or the, that phlegm is bad. And, and by all means necessary, you must stop that. Just stop it. You know, don't cry. Shut up. Stop it. Don't express. How dare you? Um, and the body naturally will do that when it feels that's the best way to do it, or it doesn't have the wherewithal, the nutritional reserves to do it the way it would like to do it, which is symptom free. And that's when you say, well, I never get sick. You know, I don't get sick because I don't uh, allow the toxins in my body to build up. And so you have your endogenous waste just by living, but then you also have your exogenous or things coming from the outside in. And so you have another layer of toxicity that has to be dealt with. And of course, They've poisoned everything in our in our realm. I mean, food, water, air, you name it. We're getting it. And EMFs and, and all of these other challenges to the body uh, can slow the healing process, can stagnate things, can cause more cellular debris, can um, make and break your DNA. So the body has to fix that all the time. It's always making repairs. And um, therefore, again, you're going to have waste materials and it will find an opportune time to get the waste materials out and usually through a stimulus. So change of seasons, for example, that's a stimulus. Um, you know, the body's got to prepare for either a winter coming or a rainy season coming or something that's going to challenge the body differently. So it knows it won't be able to handle the new stressor on the body and, and the waste that it will bring forward. So it better do a cleanse now. And the way forward is to understand that when you make those symptoms, it's the body cleaning house. You can go after that um, ahead of time. You can say, ah, it's a change of season time, like right now. And it's a good idea if you just go ahead and clean up your terrain and a tidy house, and then you won't be in a position where you have overt symptoms um, and, and, you know, put stress on the healthcare system or whatever you want to call it, right? Which people talk about as being, you know, um, a responsible thing to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have people eating fast food and drinking alcohol and just poisoning themselves on every level, um, even with their thoughts, even with their um, their day to day um, stressors. They're they're kind of poisoning themselves, um, and in watching TV and ingesting, you know, violent images, it goes really multi layered with what's considered poison. The body has to rectify all of that. Um, and if you go ahead and do things, I, I'm going to talk about some of those things in a moment, um, you will not get overt symptoms ever again. I've not had overt symptoms. I'm trying to remember the last time, and I, I'm pretty sure it was the time I did that um, No V Viruses Exist video that like way back in, I think, 2017 or something like that. Um, I I was strained. I was stressed. Um, I was talking a lot and I strained my voice and I 
did get some little bit of mucus symptoms. And so that was probably the last time I got sick, but I know what I did. I, I pushed myself too far. I burnt out and I, I was eating properly as I should. And I hadn't done my coffee enemas in months and months. And so I, I got what I paid for, right? That, that's the, the result. And the, the nice thing is you then realize that you're in full control. It, it is really your behaviors that dictate whether you get a so, so-called cold or flu expression, as I call it. And, uh, and yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about it if people want to get it, you know, start writing down what I'm going to suggest, um, which is all supportive to the body and the terrain. Yeah, people will listen back and write down what you're laying down. So this is in preparation for the so-called sickness seasons that we normally have in any given year. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, is there anything to the old cliches like, what was the, my mom used to say when I was young? You eat feed. a cold, starve a fever? Yeah. Or well, starve I, she a... She said flu. Yeah. Yeah. She said feed a cold, starve a flu. Um, do you, mm-hmm. Are you down with those ideas? Well, ultimately, when you're in a detox event, yes, there is definitely some truth to that. So where that comes from is if you have a cold, uh, generally where those symptoms of mucus and all of that cleanouts happening, you're probably been pretty nutritionally deficient. So you want to feed the body, you want to nourish the body. So you want to do broths and- That's the chicken soup idea, I guess. Right. And also in Chinese medicine, chicken- is the metal element and it affects the lung tissue. So it supports lungs. And so, you know, that's the old wives tale kind of thing. Mm. Um, That makes sense. But then when you have a fever or when you have what they're calling a flu, so you're malaise, you're in bed. I mean, you really might have shivers and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, First of all, you don't usually want to eat anyway. You don't force food ever. You trust what the body wants. And I would say across the board, I would suggest fasting anyway, because every time you eat, I mean, unless you're really nutritionally down, but when you eat, it takes energy to digest and assimilate the food. And usually you want to rest those organs to allow the releases to take place a little more harmoniously. Um, But again, you have to trust what your body wants because if it wants the nutrition, you will feel hungry. You will want to eat. Um, if you're vomiting, um, you know, and that system is being used as a purge, uh, then you don't want to feed it uh, necessarily because, again, it's the gut is being used to pull in wastes into the gastrointestinal system to either be purged by vomiting or purged by loose bowel. Um, and you want to trust that that's, again, doing the right thing. You don't want to stop it um, beyond, of course, a certain point in time. You don't want to get dehydrated which is probably the biggest sort of threat, if you will, to, um, to being in that state is to, to allow it to get too dehydrated. Amanda, you said something really important before that I don't think we really touch on too much. I don't think a lot of people touch on. And I think it's safe enough for hour one. And that's the negativity that gets absorbed by people from a mental, psychological point of view. Just television and movies, just to use that example, the stuff on any average day being thrown at somebody is light years different from, say, clicking on a television in 1955. And I can only imagine the psychological damage that that does to somebody if they're an eight-hour-a-day TV head. It's terrible what they've done to our TV and film industry. It's disgusting to me. I, I, there's nothing really for me to watch. 
it's violent, it's grayed over, it's unreasonable in its way that that some of the stories unfold. They're all imprinting upon us and imprinting on our psyche these scary stories uh, so that, you know, part of us will manifest these things, dystopian ideologies. They're just using our beautiful manifesting mind against us when we ingest that. Um, I had the real honor and pleasure when I was at um, a festival this past weekend, which just lifted me um, to meet some incredible people. Um, one of them being Isadora Decker, who is the, the main um, uh, lineage of Dr. Hammer for German New Medicine. She's carrying the torch of his work. And um, she knew who I was. It, I was crying. I, I just couldn't believe she knew who I was. Um, and I got to hug her and, and we're going to do an interview at some point. And, and she, the way she spoke and, and what she said is that if you have internal conflicts, right, in your psyche, you will play out the, in the, through the pain body or through your um, uh, connections through your organ systems, you'll play out the disease. And that's completely within your mind uh, to create a cancer, or to create a heart disease or whatnot. It's their internal emotional conflicts. Now, can you imagine you're ingesting all of this psychological trauma through, you know, through, by proxy, by watching these shows? What is that doing uh, to your psyche? And how is that creating conflict or conflict shock inside of you to then further a disease process inside your body? And it is, you're, you're right, Jason, it is... It, not very well explored discussion that I'm excited that we're having more of. And I plan on taking her course and getting certified in this modality, which I've always felt very called to. And in fact, it it really helped me open my mind to the idea, idea that it's not about germs, it's about the terrain. And she's full on with that. She, she knew um, she's 100% on the same page and it was really exciting. For someone so grounded and so educated and so noble in her presentation, it was just an inspiration to witness her. And she said something that stuck with me. And one of the things is, if you have no conflict shock for a something that you are ingesting or putting in your body, you will not get a, a result, a negative result from it. So she made the example that you could eat a nail, you could swallow a nail. And you would have no negative sequelae from doing so if you had no conflict shock about that doing such damage to you. And it just blew my mind. Um, I thought of, you know, those people who like eat bicycles and cars and stuff. <laughs> you see in like the Guinness Book of World Records and so forth. I always thought, how are they survive this? And it's simply because they have no conflict shock um, in the brain around that process they fully believe their body will be able to to deal with it and so they so they are which is just wow it's it's out of there but yeah in the future when we get back to sanity you'll see the doctor going to make a diagnosis up here it is you watched 100 hours too much of john wick (laughs) so that's why you've got brain cancer (laughs) oh but let's not forget the other modern extension of all this nonsense and that's video games because you're not just watching the violence you are taking yes, part of it. Absolutely. That's and so terrible. It's t- it is terrible. And see how what they've done. See how the things they've presented to us for games and for fun or for sport or for leisure. Uh, they're just brutal. And not to say that we, can, you know, there is 
we have to be diligent about everything, right? Because I think why we fell in the first place is we were so peaceful and loving and, and <laughs> wonderful. We we our sentinels dropped away and we forgot about the problem of evil and that those violent things can happen in this realm. And we have to still have this awareness to some degree of of that, but yet not feed it. And I think there's quite an art to such a thing. Um, And also that suffering in this place seems to be a very powerful teacher. And I think if we decide that the teacher is a passive or peaceable teacher, then we will have those results. But if people feel they need the violent teacher, (laughs) well, then they'll get Kalima coming down and cutting their head off. Um, Right. But I guess that's part of the free will choices that we have here. And so be careful what you, what you wish to create and what you allow into your mind. I mean, who said it? Somebody said, why would I let someone with dirty feet walk upon the pristine, you know, uh, field of my mind? And it's not a direct quote, but uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I feel the same way about these sorts of games and shows and tech. Um, and hey, if they cut us off from it, um, I guess that's the way it's meant to be. You know, if with this passport crap, if they don't allow us to have it, I'm, I'm fine. I'll go entertain myself in the forest somewhere with puppet shows or something. You know, yeah, really books. You know, a lot of this yeah. is going to come back to magnetism. The more I think about it, yeah, I'd done an assessment where I realized that you know nearly all the energy that gets created in this foul system, this corpse system that worships death is mm-hmm. explosive and that that's not conducive to what nature shows us. But then I started looking at magnetism, the other side of the coin. And what I realized is like, when you figure out what North is in our world, which is a pretty big deal, right? If you've got a compass in your hand, your degrees off North, your magnetic North. <laughs> and you'll see, like, if you open up Google, um, they've got you on magnetic North and you can see what happens. And it's like you say, If we're going to do without all these systems, we're going to go back to a lot more natural stuff quick. Yeah. Everything seems to be quickening now, which can be intense. I think we signed up for some level of this intensity, so I take full responsibility for it. Uh, But at least in my realm, it's, it's pretty rapid fire with all the activities and interactions and things on my list to do and so forth. Um, And I'm trying to handle it as graceful as I can. Uh, but that's certainly challenging. And for those who are also going through some really intense times, you have to stop and do the self-nourishment. You, you need to look at what you're allowing into your world from all angles and make very strict decisions and disciplined decisions for yourself to say, no, I'm, I'm, I won't. Instead of sitting on the couch watching some kind of toxic show, uh, I'm going to read a book tonight. Or I'm going to go for a walk and go grounding and, and touch a tree in the forest. and Or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to do exercise or something else with your time. We're very habituated to just watch shows. Um, or you could just listen to Crow <laughs> and educate yourself on all the back episodes. That would take you <laughs> probably a decade <laughs> to get through all that. People actually, you'd be surprised. I, I was surprised when I first, I don't know, it was a few years ago. People started on one, um, but people do do it. 
And it makes me happy because they're not watching John Wick and they're not watching CNN or Fox. Um, I think the biggest blessing in my life is I'm completely detached. Something happens in the world. Jason and Rose got to tell me new movie coming out. They got to tell me, although I have been taking care of my mom. So I am exposed a little bit more. The point is the difference between a complete media free existence. It's like, it's like making a decision up front. I'm not part of this. And so I don't care. I don't want to hear anything about it. To me, it is completely laughable. So it's not part of what I'm doing. And there's so much truth to that when you get to the point. Um, the only time you'll ever catch me watching the news is to get to the weather. <laughs> and um, my fiance says all the time, he says, I'll say, oh, this thing happened. He says, oh, well, that doesn't affect us. <laughs> and he's right. It's, he says, that, well, that's the whole game, right? Yeah. Anything that ever happens on the news is local somewhere. And in a real world, unless you're within a few miles of it, it would have zero effect on your life. But that yeah. echo chamber will take the most mundane of violent events from a car accident to anything else and ripple it across the entire United States. So everybody is now involved. That's right. It's all black magic. It's all yeah. there. And I, I did a video a while ago. Aren't you tired of being used and abused? Because that's what they're doing. They, they don't have the creator on their side. They need to use us to make their creepy manifestations. That means we're in control. And it's our power, and therefore we can choose differently, and that's that's, right. that's wonderful. That's that's the best news you could want everyone to hear. That's my my wife made a comment today. I commented to her. Um, we're recording this on September 10th, and I commented to my wife. Tomorrow's going to be 7-Eleven or uh, 9-Eleven, and, and she looked at me and she goes, well, that's a good thing. Um, that's now a good number. It has good meaning. <laughs> the moment she said it, I, I just thought, I'm with you. <laughs> there it is. I'm with you right now. Uh, yep. From now on, 9-11 has a positive meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they might play some games tomorrow, but again, we're just going to let that be. We're going to... It doesn't matter, though, because you know what it is, right? It has yeah. no existence in reality other than to suck your energy. It's yeah. basically an energy vampire. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Amanda, tell people one more time where they can get a hold of you. And I will assure everyone listening, Amanda will be in comments to post some of the links that we've talked about, like the Telegram groups and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you, Amanda? Uh, yum, Y-U-M, naturals, plural, dot store. And I, I carry a lot of what I'm going to talk about, but also yummy dot doctor, which is D-O-C-T-O-R. And that is the domain. You don't need to add anything else. Um, what I think I'll do because of our one shortage here, I will put what we talk about now or two. I'll make a, um, a list of here's what you do for quotes, basically a protocol, which I have lots of different protocols that will be on yummy.doctor when we launch the membership and, and, and everything. Uh, so it'd be good for people to register actually for when we do that, then they'll get a notification that we're ready to, to really get rolling on all the treatments because people ask me, what do I do now? You know, I can't go to the hospital or can't, my doctor won't see me or I can't go to the dentist. Now, what do we do? Well, we have to step it up. And that's why I'm forming protocols so that, you know, step-by-step step what you need to do for these situations, even some emergency situations, um, while we set up our own hospitals sort of system, which I probably won't use that word, but our own emergent emergency services and things. And I can tell you, the nurses are flocking to me. I have associations of nurses now before me that I, I think what's 
oh yeah, I'm going to be rehabbing the nurses and even some of the doctors and teaching them the protocols and we'll have our own thing. So I'll have that on yummy.doctor. And then I have, of course, my website, healingwiththemso.com for the book. All right. So everybody knows there are a handful of links to sites. Amanda Yum Naturals is an image link that links you to Amanda's site. Just so everybody knows what we're going to talk about when we first come back is what do you do? How do you treat a cold or a flu properly? I think that's what Amanda was alluding to. But remember the link up there to get to Amanda. Remember that the links that we've talked about will be there. And we got to wrap up so we can get into hour two and actually talk about things that everybody cares about. Censorship is hot right now, but we fly under radar pretty well, or at least we're doing so right now. But that's it for hour one of episode 351. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era and hope to see you over at crow777radio.com for hour two. There it is, man. Cheers. Is the enemy of no